welcome to the joys of our 20s with Hannah Joy, the show that talks about the lows, highs, and everything in between that consists of being in our 20s. Well, on today's episode, I am going to be talking about the struggles of being ADHD, late diagnosis in your 20s. Um... I should preface this with obviously this is my take on the situation. Um, I'm not a professional in any way. (laughs) We're just trying to survive given the chips and the knowledge that we have. So today, as I'm doing this episode, I am going to be folding my laundry because I have... (laughs) I have literally gone two whole, I think, wash cycles, and wash cycles for me are probably a little different than other people. I do not have a washer and dryer hookup at my house, so every two weeks I have to go to my parents' house to do my laundry, (laughs) which that means I have gone through not one, but two weeks, well, hold on, two sessions of two weeks without folding my laundry like I've just been picking them out of piles um let me say growing up I was (sighs) I did not live in a household where tidiness and cleanliness was a priority granted when I was nine my mother had passed away so I was living with a single dad worked full-time and then three daughters and a boy And to be honest, I don't really blame him. Like, at the end of the day, we only have so much energy to do stuff. And if that meant sleeping on a bed half full of laundry, what my dad used to do a lot, then that's what it meant, you know? You know, you only have so much energy in the day. And I I stand by that. I, I don't blame him for my lack of cleanliness or anything I'm an adult I can speak for myself I just kind of laugh because I still hate it to this day any type of cleaning and I'm not saying people like love cleaning but I I want to say some people do love cleaning and I I am not one of them um so most of the time when it comes to the clothing and the folding I have to be doing something or someone has to be like in the room with me doing it not even particularly doing it with me just being in the room being around me kind of ordeal or I have to be watching something problem is with these days watching something has not been motivating enough because I do that when I'm not doing anything (laughs) so why would I fold laundry while doing it I also find my laundry to be like overwhelming and I think that's kind of what kicks in with the executive dysfunction is like I look at the big bag of laundry or the you know two I've like two small hampers um that I use for laundry and I I see them and I just get so overwhelmed because I'm like uh something I hate like I've gotta do and it seems like a lot more than in reality what it is um and I'm just laughing because tonight I've been, gosh, I, this, these past few weeks, I feel like I've been really hard on myself because I've been kind of going through a 
a burnout right now in which I'm just exhausted all the freaking time. Um, and nothing is really motivating unless it's like super, super fun or, you know, I'm making money from it, aka my job. Um, and even then that's not super motivating. I've noticed a lack of like energy and me just trying to get through the shift instead of maybe enjoying it like I used to. Um, so anyways, with burnout has come a difficulty with keeping, keeping my house clean, my car clean, things like that. So tonight I was like, I want to record an episode, you know, I've been struggling. What can I talk about? And I was like, well, you can talk about what you are literally currently struggling with. And it is looking at the big pile of clothes and not wanting to do anything with it. Um, so now as a reward to doing my laundry, I am recording an episode. Um, but yeah, with this burnout currently, um, and this is kind of, I guess, maybe intimate or vulnerable for me. Um, I've been going to bed super late, waking up super, super, um, late, not following my morning routine. It's taking me like (laughs) literal hours to get ready for my day to then go do my job and then be exhausted by my job mentally. Um, so then I come home and have to rejuvenate. Um, I think part of the problem is, is I'm, I'm not living a life that, um, gets me going. Like I do have fun moments. I I don't want it to sound like I'm ungrateful or that I don't have happy moments, but I'm living a life very much where I kind of constantly feel on edge. Thank you. Financial security. Um, I'm not doing the things I love all the time because, well, they cost money and I'm not talking shopping and yeah, things like that. Even though I love those things, I'm talking about my dreams of like modeling, content creating, um, reading. I doing the things I love means not working, you know. And I definitely believe in a work life balance, but at the same time, that can be very draining for someone, aka me, who lived so much of her life. And sometimes I I click into phases with it still of like, you know, flight or fight or flight, you know, of being like, okay, you know, every day waking up feeling like I could lose everything. Um, And I guess (laughs) one day I, well, I don't know if I want to talk about it on this episode, but one day I actually did. Um, And it kind of puts everything into perspective. Um... And granted, the fear is probably bigger than it's ever been. I am way less impulsive afterwards, which is something I struggle with. With my ADHD is half my brain just wants to do something because it feels good. There's the dopamine rush right there. But then part of my brain goes, do you remember what it feels like to have lost everything? Which I'm like, "Uh, fuck yeah, I do. It was terrible. And by everything, I mean everything. I lost my housing, my jobs, my friends, um, even my dog. Um, one of my biggest regrets in life, actually, is having to take my dog back to the shelter. Because
because no one else would take her. None of my family. Some of my family did for a little bit, but it, it wasn't working out for them. Um, and I think taking her back was, like, harder than a, mm, than a breakup, honestly. Just knowing I failed her. And I, and I work with the gill every day. It's not as bad as it used to be. But at the same time, I never, ever want to be in that position again. So I'm not saying I, like, control my impulsiveness. <laughs> or mostly my spending impulsivity. Um, to, like, a T, 100% disciplined. But it's definitely a lot better because there's nothing like losing that in your home stability and living on couches and basement airbnbs and guest rooms trying to figure out what the hell you're gonna do because you lost everything um and it's like weird because something i do do nowadays which i think is kind of funny is i'll go to target my impulsiveness wants to put everything in the cart so i'll go i'll put everything in the cart that i want like literally everything and then my logical side, after I kind of get that dopamine rush of like, haha, I'm going to buy it, blah, 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 or whatever. Maybe I'll go try it on. Or, you know, I, I love books, so I'll go and sit in the Target book section for hours. And which, some of y'all may be like, go to Barnes & Noble, or not even Barnes & Noble, go to a bookstore. I'm so sorry, the Target is so close to my house. <laughs> There's not a bookstore near my house. I would absolutely go and spend the day in a bookstore. Um, however... Like, I, I will go and put all this stuff in my cart, and then I'll sit there and I'll look at everything. I'll be like, do I need this article of clothing? Do I need this? Do I need that? And almost every time it's no, and you're going to laugh, I'll spend the same amount of time putting everything back. And I think because I get a dopamine rush from, like, putting it in the cart, looking at it, picturing where I'd put it in my house if it's home decor, or where I'd wear this outfit, or... um reading about the fantasy of this book, even though I have two books I'm reading at home. You know, I think that kind of helps give me a dopamine rush, enough of one, that afterwards I can go put all the stuff back and I feel good about it. Because one, I worked in retail. I will never, ever, ever just hand off my full ass cart to someone in retail and be like, mm, can you put this back? No, I'll put it back. Um... But yeah, I, I guess that's one way I've kind of learned to cope with my impulsive spending. Because it used to be bad. I felt like I had like no control over my money. Um, where now I don't feel like I have, I would say like 100% control. But I feel like I probably got a good 65. I haven't gotten an overdraft fee in like four or five months. <laughs> which is fantastic. Also one of the dumbest um, bank features ever. Just decline my purchase, please. <laughs> Don't charge me $36 for a $10 item. Um, but that's besides the point. I don't know. I'm just trying. Let me think of things that I used to do when I was younger that I, like, didn't realize, um, were a part of it besides the whole money oh gosh being forgetful that has been like a and it's not like being forgetful like oh I forgot my keys this one time like things have to have a home and the home doesn't even have to make sense like hear me out right 
a home does not have to make sense. Like it could be, um, currently I'm looking at my nail desk. I do my own nails, so I have a cute little nail desk and I have certain jewelry pieces that I really like sitting on it. Why is my jewelry on my nail desk? It has no reason to. It's not near any of the other jewelry, but it's visible. I can see it. It's there, so I'm going to use it. Um, another example is my car keys. Oh my gosh. The amount of money, and this is no joke. I laugh just because it's depressing, but the amount of times I have locked my keys in my car, left my keys somewhere else, like object permanence, I think is how you say it, is like so real. Um, And like in which my keys have to go in my purse when I exit my car, even if I know I put my keys in my purse, I must double check my purse at least another time once I'm outside the car before I shut the car door because there have been at least twice in the last year, I know, a year, um, in which I watched as I closed the door and saw the keys like either on the seat or on the console or wherever and locked them in the car. Um, and it's embarrassing. I've paid so much for locksmiths, um... I mean, and it, and it's and it's bad. I mean, and another funny thing is like I don't. I actually have electronic um, doorknobs or locks in my house. That way, I don't have to have a real key. Um, or food permanence. Oh my goodness, the amount of times I'll forget I have leftovers. Forget I have a dip that I didn't eat in two days. Mm, sorry, I didn't mean to yawn, um, is ridiculous. Like, I'll sometimes open my fridge and be shocked and be like, oh my gosh, I do have this. Or, oh, or the freezer is the worst just because I don't use the freezer every day. I'll, like, open it up and have, like, two pre-made meals. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's really cool of me. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just... ADHD is often joked as, like, oh, the little forgetful... Um, you know, mental illness, but like what people don't understand is like when I put something in my calendar, I have, depending on what type of event, if it's like, say an online event, I'd set up multiple alarms 30 minutes before, 10 minutes before, five minutes before. Um, I have a brand that I really love that does Instagram live sales and Whenever she does those, I have one for the day of, I have one for two hours before, I have one for one hour before, I have one for 30 minutes, 15, and five minutes. You may be like, Hannah, that seems really extreme. Well, I've missed it because I didn't set enough alarms. I've missed other um, types of events like that. I'll miss um, paying bills if they're not automatic bills because unless I say like, for example, um, Fenty Savage, you know, you can't, like, what's the right way? Excuse me. You can't set it up unless you want to completely take it down. You can't, like, just pause. You have to pause between the first and the fifth. So, every time from the first to the fifth, I have multiple alarms set so that <laughs> when it comes around, I don't accidentally get charged if I'm not wanting to get charged. Like, I just don't know how to explain it. It's not a silly little forgetful disease where, or mental illness where, like, 
you're, you know, oh, I, I just forgot this meeting this one day. It's like, no, if I don't set up in my calendar multiple alarms to remind me the night of, the day before, all these things, like, I'm not going to remember. And it's not because I'm not trying. It's just how my brain works, you know? Um, and I've learned to live with it, obviously. And it does run in my family, which is quite funny. Um, cause you just, <laughs> you see the little quirks in all my family members and you're like, well, <laughs> I'm not alone in this sensation, which I think is why for such a long time, a lot of us did not get diagnosed for till way too late. I think only one of my family members was diagnosed at a relatively normal childhood space. Um, we didn't realize how half the stuff we were doing wasn't normal because we were all doing it, um, which I kind of think is funny to this day, because I'm like, wow, that should have clicked, you know, <laughs> we should have realized that one wasn't normal, but, you know, we had a lot going on, but yeah, I mean, even, even talking during this podcast, I've laughed at myself a couple times, I've caught myself not folding my laundry, and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I forgot why I was near my bed, near all these clothes. And then I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be folding my laundry. <laughs> so, yeah. ADHD as an adult is difficult. Especially when living life by yourself. And I'm not trying to put out there that <laughs> I live by myself, but I do. Which means... It all falls on me, which kind of is great for other mental issues I have of, like, feeling guilty of letting people down, blah, blah, blah. But not great when it's only me reminding me <laughs> to do things or me having executive dysfunction over stuff that only involves me, you know. That part is not so great, um executive function man that kicks my ass sometimes I don't know how to explain it either and the fact that like it doesn't make logical sense to me but I can tell you I feel it with like every bone in my body um I for example the laundry I have not been able to get myself to do the laundry no matter what type of prize I put at the end of it or whatever because my brain just said no. The idea of doing it was too overwhelming. So it just didn't happen. Um, which can be really problematic. Not particularly in things that I am motivated enough in that it doesn't affect it. But um, like cleaning and things like that is very difficult for me. Um getting homework done and not procrastinating on it is super difficult <laughs> um reasoning for that is I still have time I still have time I still have time and then I'm rushing towards the end and what's bad is I've gotten good at it I won't say that my work is the best but I always get good enough grades you know um yeah executive dysfunction too can start the whole mental health like I'm not, you know, mental health, negative shaming of, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. Um, 
I need to be doing more. I'm not achieving my dreams. And executive dysfunction, too, can, like, hurt in the facet of, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. It can keep you from living out your best dreams and doing what you want because you're burnt out or you can't get yourself to do it because it's overwhelming and your brain literally says, no, I'm not doing that. Um, which is very difficult to describe to people who don't deal with it. Don't love having to talk about that because people just think you're joking, right? Oh, you're just being lazy. There's no way that, you know, you can't just get yourself to get up and do it. It's like, actually, <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, there is, you know, um, I do struggle with it. And if I can't get myself to do it, I can't get myself to do it. And we're not coming back from that, you know, um, yeah. And it really, I don't know. At this point, I just feel like I'm complaining about it. There are some superhero powers to it. Um, you know, I'm very much well-versed in a lot of different um, hobbies. I tend to pick up on things very quickly. Um, I tend to pattern recognize pretty quickly. I think it's from that, not trauma. Um, not exactly sure on that one. Like I said, not a doctor, not a mental health professional, just speaking from my own experience. Um, but yeah, there's some really great things about it. However, at the same time, sometimes I feel like I can't get my mind to turn off, you know. Sometimes I look around my room and my Christmas tree is still up and... Well, recording this, it's the last day of March, you know, or I don't know, things that have a certain time pressure, I do tend to get done homework or maybe putting food away, you know, after you go grocery shopping, gotta put the frozens away, you know, things like that, things that don't have a time, um, time whatchamacallit, I just said the word and now I can't remember because I started picking up my laundry. Um, time expectation, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. doesn't get done, like cleaning. But what's funny is to help me with cleaning, because I was really struggling with it, um, and granted, don't get me wrong, I know this is a privilege, but also at the same time, I do want to put it out there. I'm not balling by any means, but I realized I needed help with cleaning. And what's funny is having someone that comes and cleans my house once a month gives me a time pressure to tidy up. I don't know if that makes sense. I know people will say that's wasteful. I know people will sit there and be like, Hannah, you're, you're really broke. Why are you spending that type of money? And I get what you're saying, but that's a very valuable you know, chunk of change for me to give to her because by her coming over, I go, okay, I've got till this day to get my house clean, to get everything in order. 
and then it gets done because there's a pressure. However, I do feel like because time pressure is the only thing that seems to motivate me right now, I end up burning out a lot quicker than one should because obviously I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself at one time in space to finish something up, homework, taking out trash, things like that. So that is something I would be open <laughs> to coming up with better ideas. I've heard of low and high maintenance routines because I do love routine. I do well on routine. However, at the same time, I get bored. Um, and, you know, it's hard to have high and low routines when even on my high routines, I don't want to do half the stuff that I feel like if I did weekly would you know, help me out. For example, at the beginning of the year, for about a month and a half, I was so excited. I really thought I had, like, broken my habit-forming issues. Another issue with ADHD. Forming habits. It's literally impossible. <laughs> um, and it's not saying I can't have a routine. It's just like, uh, I'm so, I look back right now as I'm in a place of burnout and not particularly doing well headspace and body, I guess. Um, I was doing this thing where the night before, because I got it from a TikTok, of course, the new Google, right? Um, that this lady or this person, I don't even know if it was a woman, plans out their day. Hmm. Sorry, I just smelled one of my articles of clothing because I got a new detergent. There we go. Got distracted. Um, anyways, she said, plan out your day the night before. That way you know what to expect. Loved it. Every night before I went to bed. And I had this whole routine and it was working so well. Um, like a month and a half. Uh, an example. Every day I would wake up. Um, I think it was around 9 a.m., 8.30, 9 a.m. would wake up for the first hour to hour and a half I wasn't on my phone I would journal I would cook breakfast I would well first things first is I would drink a cup of water with glutamine in it help heal my stomach lining and I would go outside for 10 minutes and do nothing no reading no nothing just kind of meditate and stretch Ugh, thinking back about it I, I really enjoyed it um, it was during the kind of wintry months so January and February and it was coincidental that I started right after New Year's. It wasn't like a New Year's resolution. I had just come back from a trip. And I was like, you know what? This would be a really good implementation or a good thing to implement into my life. So anyways, I was super excited, right? And I did it for a long time. So 10 minutes outside, we would stretch for like the first five minutes, meditate, um, and drink our little glutamine water. Then after that, I would go inside. And I have a pretty regular breakfast routine where... I cook a couple, um, couple, not strands, a couple slices of bacon, and then I have some eggs. I kind of make a breakfast burrito every morning. So anyways, I would start my breakfast, and as my breakfast was cooking, I would journal. Um, currently, I free, well, I free journal most days. I won't say every day, because sometimes it's a low energy day, I don't get to it, or sometimes... I accidentally put my journal in a place that's not visible, and I forget about it. I just forget it exists. Um, 
but I've been journaling for years, ever since I was in high school. And I would journal either with that, or if I wanted something more guided, I would do Mary's Cup of Tea journaling, um, which is fantastic. It's 100 days, yeah, 100 days of self-love. Like I said, I don't do it every day, but she has some excellent prompts in there. Highly recommend. Anyways, so I would do that. And then by the time that was done, I would spend about 30 to 45 minutes on social media. Mostly that was to post slash create whatever my posts were going to be. And then, um, and then just kind of look at it, catch up on it. You know, I do enjoy looking at other people's content, um, and all that. And then after that, I would start my quote unquote to-do list. And like they always say with ADHD, you start off with your main tough one. So if I had some cleaning to do, I would pick one activity. So we'll say fold the laundry like I'm doing right now. And I would fold the laundry. And I would um, get it done and then I would reward myself. So that could be going and shopping at Target. And shopping, by the way, was not buying things. It was just literally shopping. Or um, it would be, you know... Maybe watching a TV show, reading, because I love to read, so I would give myself 30 minutes to read or something, and then we do 30 minutes of homework, and then I'd go and do my homework for 30 minutes, and then maybe we'd go on a walk, because I love walking. Um, so then we'd go on the walk, um, and then typically I would, my job is um, in the afternoon, so then I would go my job do the afternoon job and then I come home most of the time my evenings because at that point I'd be I knew I was going into low energy mode um were very relaxed maybe I'd have something to do but maybe it was a more fun thing to do like do my nails or um write a thousand words because I'm trying to write a book struggling but trying um <laughs> I go through phases where it's working and phases when it's not so anyways that was like a stereotypical day in the life of this kind of routine that I created and what I liked is so say one of the days I woke up and I was having a low low energy day I, I still had enough energy to do the different parts of my morning routine so maybe I didn't journal um, freehand I journal guided or um, say I had written six things to do that day I got my top three priority done and I felt good so every day I was still completing stuff and I gave myself options, you know, options. If I was having a high priority day, we're knocking out six items. If I wasn't, we're knocking out two or three or well, one, maybe, you know, that's all I can get done. And then I, that, you know, that's it. Then that's it. And that's okay. Um, and I really liked it and I just kind of fell out of the habit cause it got really cold in, in February, mid February. And so going outside was really difficult cause when I'm cold, I'm triggered. I'm discomfort. I'm discomfort. I'm discomfort. That's not it. Anyways, I'm not comfortable. Um, I was feeling, I feel triggered when I'm too cold. Um, so I stopped doing it. And I just haven't gotten back into the swing of things since then. And I can kind of feel my body falling back a little bit. And I kind of hate it. But at the same time, the month and a half was actually really nice. I don't know. Maybe I could do it again. Um, and, and, you know, another struggle is how much of my 
depressive episode, actually just a burnout episode. And it stinks because, like, right now in my life, um, and burnout obviously is super, um, happens a lot when you got ADHD, um, especially in a world that's not made to work around people with ADHD, um, anyways, the, oh, I already forgot where I was going with this, how hilarious is that, ADHD, burnout, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to pause this, and then re-listen to what I said, and come back, because I literally don't remember at all, so, (laughs) remembered where I was going with this situation, um, that was, wow, ADHD in action, but basically I was talking about sometimes, I look back now and I wonder how many times I was in the middle of a burnout episode versus depression. Granted, I was diagnosed with depression in my high school years due to trauma. Um, Not surprising there with the list of stuff I had going on. However, like right now, I I was listening to a TikTok basically um, today in which the... um, TikTok, TikToker, TikTok creator was talking about, um, like, what does, um, a burnout episode look like versus a depressive episode. It's not saying I definitely didn't have depressive episodes, but, like, the older I get, the more I realize, wow, maybe I'm not in a depressive episode right now. Maybe it's just burnout. And I would say one key difference is, um, Yes, with burnout and depression, sleeping and resting a lot is kind of the same thing. (laughs) I would say I have, I'm still hopeful. Like I can tell I'm in a burnout kind of phase in my life right now because if someone wants to hang out, if someone wants to do something, I'll go and do it. There's no hesitation. I'll get dressed up. I'll play the part, you know, not play the part. I'll, I'll do what's needed. Um, whereas if I was in a depressive episode, that would have been very difficult to do. Um, however, even after those hangout sessions, I might be so tired. It takes me two or three days to recuperate. Um, yeah, burnout, burnout is tough. It's tough to decipher between burnout and depression. It's tough to feel like you'll ever love what you were doing before. Um, cause I, I remember growing up, I used to, um, get burnout with hobbies and I hated it cause I would invest time, money, learning into a hobby. Um, then I get bored and I wouldn't do it again or, you know, business ideas or projects or things like that. Something that's really helped me. And I don't know if this is actually healthy, but with projects and things like this, and I actually learned this subconsciously by getting into nail art and loving doing my nails, um, since I was like 14 is taking breaks with things and switching between different activities, keeping my mind interested in things. Like for example, when you're doing your nails, 
especially if you're working with gel, acrylic, things like that, you're not particularly going to be able to do your own nails every single day. Obviously, you would completely not have nails. Um, plus, you burn through a lot of product. Um, so it just, you know, it isn't something unless you're maybe in nail school and have lots of hands to use or can buy hand props or whatever the situation is. That was just never my case. So I did my nails every three to four weeks, two, three, four weeks, depending on how well I did them. And I laugh because I think that's why it's one of my longest standing hobbies is because I don't do it constantly, but I do it consistently. Um, and I've tried to apply that with other things um, in my life. Um, so like for my book example, um, I do spend time writing it and then I'll probably go a week or two without writing it. Um, or sometimes a month, sometimes two months, but then I'll spend, you know, three or four weeks really just diving deep, getting, getting in, um, and really make huge headway. And then maybe maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month later, you know, I'm not writing anything. And I think by kind of being able to itch that kind of I'm getting bored part of my brain, I'm able to be more consistent in long projects. Um, it's kind of the reason too I love event planning. Um, it's great for the ADHD brain because every event's different. They have similar structures, but the theme, the colors, the priorities of the guests or the priorities of the hosts are always going to be different. Um, and I love it. I especially love the intimate um, get-togethers like proposals, elopements, micro-weddings, things like that, where um, they're just very non-traditional. And I think part of the reason I love it, well, part of it's control. I'm really good at event planning and things like that because I'm supposed to think of multiple outcomes. I'm supposed to think of you know, things to do. It's instant gratification almost when the event comes out. You know, I've got one shot at it, blah, blah, blah. You name it, it itches a lot of trauma. Buttons or bones or whatever. But at the same time, it also ignites my ADHD brain because it's always different, always something new. Um, and I love it. And I think that's something to think about when you have ADHD you're looking for a career because I always thought I'd be a corporate queen that I would kill it <laughs> that's so far from the truth I did one job that was remotely mm, I did a couple but the most corporate one I did um, lasted like six months and didn't last much longer because girly could not do the wake up at 8 a.m. work till 5 a.m. 5 p.m. get home at 6 p.m. That was not meant for me. Um, in fact, it led me to do a lot of self-destructive behaviors because I was so unhappy, so burnt out, blah, blah, blah. You name it. So I know I'm meant for the entrepreneurial lifestyle of, you know, freelance and things like that. What stinks is the lack of financial stability that comes with it. <laughs> But, you know, we'll get through it. We'll fight through it. Um, but, yeah, I think this whole conversation that I've currently had with y'all has been very ADHD of me. Very ding, 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 boing, boing, ding. <laughs> right, left, 
near up and down, but I think I covered a lot of great and important issues that come with having ADHD. Um, I think I covered some just things that I dealt with that I didn't know were ADHD till obviously I found out. <laughs> um, especially being a woman, you know, we're less likely to be diagnosed right off the bat, but I appreciate you coming along on this conversation with me. I've gotten through two hampers of clothing, which was um, part of the goal. I still have one big bag, so who knows? Maybe I'll do another episode real quick, or I'll do it tomorrow. So I don't know what my energy is going to look like in about two minutes when I'm done. But, you know, I think it's all about learning tricks and learning how to live your best life with the way your brain works. Because I don't think my brain is, you know, a problem. I think it's just not built for the society we live in. So when I take that into account, it's like, okay, how do I create a life that reflects me and allows me to grow and be who and what I need me to be? Um, and then we, you know, go on from there kind of thing. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming along and talking to me, um, about my experience with ADHD. Um, it was lovely chatting, even though it was just me. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much for listening.